What does the future hold? Examining biblical doctrines, history, and current events, it's Prophecy Time. Author and pastor Alan Davis will help you have a better understanding of biblical prophecy. Using the whole counsel of the Word of God, Pastor Davis unapologetically promotes and defends the literal, personal return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now with today's Prophecy Time message, here's Alan Davis. Yes! My name is Alan Davis, and I am thrilled to death that you are with us today. We are live today, Monday, September the 25th, 2023, in New York City, in the borough of the Bronx. I am a minister and preacher of the simple gospel message of Jesus Christ, which is, of course, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. As Jesus said himself in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today and be saved. Today. Today. Today is the day of salvation. One interesting and powerful Bible prophecy is in Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 43. Notice what it says. Her cities are a desolation, a dry land, and a wilderness, a land wherein no man dwelleth, neither doth any son of man pass thereby. It is interesting to note that Hila, Iraq, is within the confines of the ancient city of Babylon, as I have been following its population for years. Recently, within the last two or three weeks, I noticed that the population of Hila, Iraq, I believe it was in 2022, was over 600,000 individuals, individuals who are inhabiting the city of ancient Babylon. But notice again, Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 43. Her cities are a desolation, a dry land, and a wilderness, a land wherein no man dwelleth. Neither doth any son of man pass thereby. And let's compare Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 43, to Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 32. The destruction of Babylon is spoken about here in Jeremiah chapters 50 and 51. Chapter 51, verse 43, talks about her cities. And notice what it says in Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 32. And the most proud shall stumble and fall, 
and none shall raise him up, and I will kindle a fire in his cities. Here's talking about the cities of Babylon again. And it shall devour all round about him. Daniel. And nearly 50,000 individuals came out of the Babylonian captivity. Individuals who were not burned alive in a Sodom-like overthrow. Notice a couple of other Bible prophecies found here in Jeremiah 50 and 51. Chapter 50, verse 22, a sound of battle is in the land and of great destruction. And also notice Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 54, a sound of a cry cometh from Babylon and great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans. Many years ago, I had a meeting or several meetings back in North Carolina. I was on Interstate 40 and had passed Greensboro heading east, listening to the radio station, the Christian radio station there. And a couple of guys on this Christian radio station were interviewing Dr. Such-and-Such, a learned man, an individual who had learning. And they were talking about Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51. They went to the break, and I said, well, I can't change it to any other channel. I'm going to certainly listen to what these guys have to say about Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51, two of the most powerful chapters in the entire Bible. Preach the word. This is the Bible. These extra biblical books, many individuals have this idea that these extra biblical books are equal to the Bible or over the Bible. They're going to correct the Bible. Well, they came back from the break. And I believe it was two guys, maybe it was just one, interviewing Dr. Such and Such. And they were wondering about Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51. And you know what this guy said? He said that these Bible prophecies were all fulfilled in the historical context, and he wanted to move on fast. And the reason that he wanted to move on fast is because if he went in there, he was going to get his teeth knocked out. Now, notice this right here, Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 8. Babylon, notice this. This is the Bible. These extra-biblical books do not correct the Bible. The Bible corrects these extra-biblical books. Does everybody understand this? Very interesting and very important. Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 8. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. How for her, take balm for her pain. If so be, she may be healed. And let's compare that verse, Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 8. To a parallel passage, do we know what a parallel passage is? Do we know what parallel passages are unless it comes to Babylon and we don't know because we have these extra biblical books and tradition? But I want you to notice we're preaching the word here 
our finger is on the word. Charles Spurgeon talks about keeping your finger on the Bible. And here it is. Notice what it says in Isaiah chapter 47, verse 11. Therefore shall evil come upon thee, thou shalt not know from whence it ariseth. This is talking about Babylon. And mischief shall fall upon thee, thou shalt not be able to put it off. And desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. So we see in Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 8, that Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. And in Isaiah 47, 11, desolation comes upon her suddenly, which thou shalt not know. The point is this. One destruction of Babylon is in the Bible, and that destruction is still future. Babylon is destroyed in the last vile judgment in Revelation chapter 16, immediately prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Babylon is destroyed. Jesus Christ comes back immediately after that destruction. Jesus Christ comes. Babylon is destroyed immediately prior to that coming. And if we look at Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 9, it talks about these mighty expert arrows. And from what I understand, the Allies did not want to execute these German scientists at the end of World War II because they knew too much about rocket science. They did not have, at the end of World War II, Fat man and little boy were dropped out of planes on August the 6th and August the 9th of 2000, of, of 1945, at the end of World War II. There were no expert arrows at that time. And then if you skip down a little bit to Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 14, all ye that bend the bow. Shoot at her, spare no arrows, they're all shot. For she hath sinned against the Lord. And also, let's, before we move on here today, look at Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 2, is talking about publishing. Publish, publish, and conceal not. Many individuals want to possibly conceal the destruction of Babylon spoken about here in Jeremiah chapter chapters 50 and 51, two of the most powerful chapters in the entire Bible. And as we move down the road here at its prophecy time, 2.30, Monday through Friday, don't forget, it's prophecy time. As we're talking about some of the most important issues you will ever hear on Bible prophecy. If you do have a prayer request today, however, give us a call at 646-314-3625. Someone can pray with you and will pray for you if you would like to do that today. Our It's Prophecy Time message today is entitled Six Facts About the Antichrist. This is part one. 
loving the world and many antichrists precede the revealing of the antichrist. Notice what John the Apostle wrote in 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. There are many names and or titles of the Antichrist in the Bible. Three of them are found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the man of sin, the son of perdition, and that wicked or that wicked one. Now we're going to pick up here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 at verse 6. And now you know what withholdeth the Holy Spirit is the one restraining that he might be revealed in his time. The revealing of the Antichrist in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. So sin is working its way out through society and in society. Only he who now letteth or restrains will let or will restrain till he, the Holy Spirit, be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Here again is talking about the Antichrist being revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And so here we see the Antichrist being spoken about as that wicked or that wicked one. In 1 John chapter 2, the Bible says this, starting in verse 5, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So that, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, Antichrist shall come. Even now there are Many antichrists, and certainly if there were many antichrists in the days of John the Apostle, there are certainly many more antichrists today. So that antichrist shall be revealed, and today we're going to be looking at our first fact about the antichrist, and that has to do with his prosperity. 
The Antichrist is going to be a prosperous man. He's going to be at the Battle of Armageddon fighting, resisting the great king, Jesus Christ, with the false prophet. But I want you to notice in Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and when I, uh, and I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, it might help us a little bit to clarify this conquering. The Bible knowledge commentary has these interesting words about this section of the Bible. A better interpretation is that the conqueror mentioned here is the future world leader or ruler, sometimes referred to as Antichrist, though Revelation does not use this term. So he's prosperous. He goes forth conquering and to conquer. And if we understand Daniel chapter 11, especially the latter part of it, and Ezekiel chapter 30, many countries are going to be overthrown. The Antichrist, who is spoken about in Daniel chapter 7, is the little horn, and he pops up among ten other horns, who are ten kings who shall arise out of the old Roman Empire. Also commentating about this in Revelation chapter 17, it says this in verse 16, And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast till the words of God shall be fulfilled. So here we see the ten, these ten kings, all in agreement. There's no dissent. Nobody is saying that I don't believe we should do this, that they all agree to give their kingdom to this beast or Antichrist, communicating the, the fact that the Antichrist is going to be a prosperous man. Notice in Daniel chapter 11, talking about this willful king, starting in verse 36, the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. So the Antichrist here, this willful king, is going to be a prosperous man. He's going to prosper until the wrath of God is over, which is the end of the tribulation period. And if we understand this future context to be 2,520 days, and that from the midpoint of the tribulation period, when the Antichrist conquers many of these Middle Eastern countries and is voted in by the ten Europeans as the leader of this kingdom, that he is going to have a kingdom, according to Revelation 13, for 42 months. 
And during that 42 months, he's going to be prospering until the end of that, until the indignation be accomplished. And notice this, Daniel chapter 11, verse 40. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. This is talking about the midpoint of the tribulation period. Egypt is coming against him there in Israel at the peacekeeping, with the peacekeeping force. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall pass over, overflow, and pass over. And if we can compare that to Revelation chapter 11, the overthrow of the city of Jerusalem. Revelation chapter 12, the overthrow of the nation of Israel during the time that Satan is kicked out of heaven. And here in verse 41, he shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. So here we see the prosperity of the Antichrist again at the midpoint of the tribulation period. So the beast, or the Antichrist, in Revelation chapter 13, verse 4, is worship. They worship the dragon, the devil, which gave power unto the beast. So he's prospering because of the power of the devil that Satan or Lucifer gives to him in the end for a period of 42 months. And they worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? So here we see that the Antichrist is prospering, evidently, in the relationship to warfare. He's successful in warfare. And so the Antichrist, our first point about the Antichrist today is that he is a prosperous man. Maybe today you're uncertain about your eternal destination. Maybe you're uncertain that you're a saved person. But today is the day of salvation. Today, believe the simple gospel message of Jesus Christ that he died, that he was buried, that he rose again from the dead. And pray something like this, dear God, I am a sinner, but I believe that Jesus Christ died for me, was buried, rose again from the dead, and I accept you now as my personal Savior. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer or would like for someone to pray with you or for you, give us a call at 646-314-3617. That number again is 646-314-3625. So give us a call. Uh, Also, we are taking up an offering for the expenses of this radio program. And, of course, we're not going to be able to stay on the air and preach the word without your generous help. So go to our website at bronxbbc.org. Scroll down and look for our PayPal where you can give a donation and give us a donation today. We are really just a small organization, a small church, a minnow swimming among sharks. 
or go to our other website. It's prophecytime.org where we have many other videos that you can view. So God bless you today and uh, may the Lord be with you. Until tomorrow. Thank you for listening to It's Prophecy Time with Pastor Alan Davis. Generous listeners like you make the airing of this program possible. Contributions are greatly appreciated. Write to It's Prophecy Time, Care of Bronx Building Baptist Church, P.O. Box 1370, Bronx, New York, 10475. Here's the address again. It's Prophecy Time, Care of Bronx Building Baptist Church, P.O. Box 1370, Bronx, New York, 10475. Join us again for the next scheduled program of It's Prophecy Time.